we get um, one of the things about the Babylonian Talmud. The word bavel means like a mix. And uh, sometimes they deliberately mixed in little pieces of sections that you wouldn't normally get to. We're going to do, um, here we go. Morning, Michael. Uh, we're going to mix, they mix in a little bit of kachim here, uh, which is fine. Uh, we're not, we always, it's difficult to understand because we get them confused and we don't have them all in front of us. But we had this argument in the Mishnah uh, between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, whether or not um, you bring um, Shlamim uh, on Yantuf and whether you um, uh, uh, and whether you do smicha, whether you put the uh, your hands on it, right? Um, well, Shlamim you do. The question was the burnt offerings that you don't really get to eat the meat. So you're allowed to bring those offerings that you eat. But those offerings that you don't eat, uh, that was the question. So Beishame said, no olas and no hands. And Beishelo said, you can bring olas and you can put your hands on it. And we mentioned that um, usually you don't handle animals. Uh, And then we also talked about, usually even with muksa, you're actually technically allowed to touch muksa. You're just not allowed to move muksa. A lot of people, there. it's not a bad idea not to touch muksa either, but it's really moving the muksa that's the problem. The, so moving the animals is the problem. Like the, to, uh, and apparently smicha, you're supposed to do with all your energy, whatever that means. Again, I don't, again on a cow, I get it. I just, we just weren't sure exactly with the goat and the, uh, the sheep. But, but that's definitely what's called moving animals. You're not allowed to do that on a yantaf unless, unless it's really allowed for the sake of the corpus. Okay. So, uh, let's go back to the bottom lines. Now, there's an, there's an obligation to bring uh, offerings of celebration on the Yantuf. And those are called Shalme Simcha. Like, peace, you know, happy offerings. Happy hour, happy offerings, right? That's the happy offering. But the idea of bringing an offering that's a Chagiga, that celebrates the Chag, the relationship of you and Hashem on the Chag, that you can't use something that's uh, already been dedicated for. So the Morris says, this is really obvious. This Chagiga is an obligation. You, basically, you have to take something that's not already a Corbin and make it a Corbin for uh, a Chagiga. You can't take something that you had to bring anyways and say, you know what, let me do a two-for-one. That was really the question. Can you do a two-for-one when it's already been dedicated? So that was the Gemara's question. If it's already obligated to bring, it's got to be non-encumbered. It's got to be that it's not holy, and you make it holy. We are um, just reviewing two lines from the bottom on 19b. So the Gemara said, I'll tell you what the case was. So we're asking a question that it's really obvious that you can't take something that you had to bring anyway and double consecrate it. And I was just thinking, you know what? I got to break on the holiday, and I got to break for this. So let me just put two to one. No, you can't do that. Well, is he thinking that because he's he's redeemed separate things and, and bought one animal with the redeemed money? Why does he think? What, what's his thought process? Why why does he think he should even be able to do that? Because uh, there's a mitzvah to celebrate the holiday, right. and anytime you bring a korban, it's a celebration. So he's thinking, let me bring it and use it as my holiday offering. In other words, so I got to bring a korban anyways. Okay. So let me turn that into my holiday offering. But the holiday offering has to be something that wasn't a korban already. Okay. 
Okay, so so he's just trying to get two for one. Two for one. Right, he's no trying to get two for one. That's no right. No reason other than save money, logistics, yeah. save money. Right. That's right. So um, it's like a guy who makes he's already paid for the kiddush bro. But then they call him as an aliyah to the Torah. So he wants to say, right, <laughs> the kiddush and shul. Your kiddush was already donated. You already paid for the kiddush. Oh, so he wants that to be for his. Aliyah. So he wants the kiddush to also be for the aliyah. You know, yeah. right, so this is not a positive time thing. Time Wanting to do, yeah. Right. What? Yeah. Wanting to, right. Right. Wanting to do this is not. That's not like a positive. It's not a good thing. Right. right. It's not a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, there is a Rashi Minachulet, let's say you had Meister Shani, you're obligated to bring up in Yushalayim. So you say, you know what, I'll use that Meister Shani money to buy my Corbin. Or, I promised already I would give this. So this is already committed. So then to take what's already committed and say, you know what, let me use it as both, it doesn't. It's already been earmarked. It's already been earmarked. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, this is really quite obvious that you can't do that. So What about if you, when you dedicated it, you did it at the beginning, having in mind to do both? In other words, once it's in one category, you can't then use it for two. But what if at the very beginning you thought you would use it for both? What's an example? I want to bring a Thanksgiving. I got a person recovered from uh, an injury, and he wants to bring a Thanksgiving. He says, you know what? Uh, and I'll recover from my injury and do the kiddush for the injury at the same time as I do my yantif meal. You know, I'll kill two for one. But he did it at the beginning. Or Hareini Nazar, he says, I'm going to be a Nazar. And I had some Meister Shani money. I had to bring up Yushalayim. I'll use that and, and I'll use it for my Nazar. So uh, what's the story? So the rule is you can't do that. So Nazar, it is a commitment. You don't... Uh, he can't use it for his Chagiga. Nazar, he's a Nazar of Eina Megaleach. Uh, so in this case, though, he did goof a little bit because it could be he made his commitment thinking, I don't need to bring an extra Kiddush. I don't need to pay an extra Corbin. Right. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, he made his vow to be a Nazar and he made his vow to bring it. Uh, the only question was, he can't use the animal that's already pre-consecrated. So why wouldn't that... You can't make a vow that's, that's uh, against... No, right, so, anyway, right? Right, no, see, he said, I want to be a Nazar. Okay. Uh, but he said, I, I was going to bring this... Uh, he made uh, it on the condition, but the Tanui was no good. Correct. That's so right. That, but he's still going to end up being a Nazar? Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. He thought he had his money covered. <laughs> so yeah. listen to the next case. It'll be even more clear. <laughs> a guy was, uh, was dying, and he had a single daughter, and he wanted to see her married off. So he said to Falun, Havule Arba Mea Zuzaploni. There's this one eligible bachelor that was nice. They give him 400, give 400, 400 zoos. Give it to him, and let him marry my daughter. So, and then he dropped dead. Summer of Papa, Arba Shuckle. He's going to get his 400 zoos. Because he. Ubarte, and the daughter, Eboy, Nasib, Eboy, if he wants to marry, he could. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Why? The Omar. Time of the problem here is he said, Havale, give him the money first. And then after he thought about it, he said, do you want to marry her? Now, if he had said, marry her first, if you marry her, I'll give it to you. Then if he marries her, he gets the money. In other words, he did this wrong over here. First he said, give this guy money. And then he said, marry my daughter. Well, okay, if he wants to, he could. If he doesn't want to, he doesn't. He didn't, he didn't, you can't make the condition afterwards. 
So here also. What if you wouldn't have said and? What if you would have said if? That'd probably be good. That would yeah, also be good. Because yeah. that's condition. Yeah. yeah. So uh, over here, that also what happened. He said, I'm going to be, I want to be another, right? He said, Hareini Nazar. That means he committed another. But he said, well, I don't want to have to pay for my offering at the end of my Naziris. I want to use that other money. Well, I'm sorry, you can't use the other money. It's too late. That money's already encumbered. But that one, he had that intention before he became a Nazar, but it still is no good, right? Yeah, because the problem is, it's two separate statements. He right. said, Hareini Nazar. I right. am taking on myself all the obligations of Nazar. Right. But then he said, oh, and by the way, I'm going to pay my bill with... Uh, mm -hmm. So it's almost like the second part is where he... If he had said, I'll only be my another if I can use that to pay my bill, then I think you're right. Then it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it would, it wouldn't be, oh, really? yeah. Because then he would have made a conditional. Oh, right. See, that's the condition that, but. So here also. The condition was for the Nazar and the Masashani or whatever. Right, right. The Masashani money, money, right. So the same thing here. If he said, I'll give him the money if he marries my daughter, but he didn't. He said, give him the money. Right. So like that, he said, I'll be a Nazar. So what happens is the first statement is fully binding, and then he says, and I, I want to do that, but well, you can't do that. Right. But the other one has another, because he's, in his mind, he's having Masashani money and Naziros as combining those together in his head before he does it. Right, but he didn't but, say it. No, he no, didn't. He did, that's what I'm saying. Though. And then he, then he made his Nazir. Uh, over here, where he gives the guy the money, he thinks the guy's going to marry his daughter. But he doesn't say it. He oh, says, oh, give him 400. Uh, the more is bringing this as, the, as being the uh, same almost. Uh, um, uh, so it, it could be that's what he wants. But if he doesn't speak it out, uh, that, uh, that it, it, it happens regardless of his, uh, he, he said, give him the money. So then he said, uh, and he should marry my daughter. But uh, oops. oops. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now we get... Um, Yosef, now the only question is who did this teaching? Yosef he said it on his he said it as his own teaching. But it, though the Nazir ends up becoming a Nazir though. Yeah. Mm. Whereas but the other guy does not end up marrying his daughter. But he ends up getting the money. Getting the money. There's two parts of each thing. There's I'm gonna be a Nazir and this is how I'm gonna pay for it. Right, right, or right. um right. or okay. I'm gonna give a Thanksgiving offering That's and right. I'm gonna use my That's Kagiga. Right. That's right. There he says, give him the money. And I want him to marry my daughter. Right, right, right. So in all these cases, he wanted it to be that they were all connected, right. but they don't work the way right. he, um, he spoke them out. And had he done them with a condition or done it the other way around, then it could have worked that way. But right. he didn't. Uh, um, Wait, he could have used the master shit. How was he able to use master shame money at all for something else? Right so master shame money has the condition is that it be used for food. Uh, right, and it be eaten in Yushalayim. So he's thinking, well, this Corbin is is food. It's all eaten, you know. So why can't I, I use that for uh, this uh, this Corbin? And, and uh, so he uh, can do, he can double dip in that situation. Well, no, no, he can't. <laughs> he, he thought he could. In <laughs> no, all these cases, no, he, but there is no correct. That's what he's asking. There's no I, in some of these cases. There may have been a correct way of doing it. Oh, right, right, right. What's right, the did, correct did. way of doing the Meister yeah. Shaney? Yeah, with one. the daughter, there was the correct way. Correct. He could have said, but right. with the Meister Shaney, there was no way he, he could do correct. it. That's right. correct. Awesome. That, yeah. So it's not a perfect analogy, but the Gemara brings it just to show that when you make one statement that's fully binding, and then you add another statement, you have to deal with the fact that um, if you planned on making them conditional, you had to speak it out. That's really, that's really the lesson, that if you 
plan on having two statements that are connected, they have to be connected. You have to make a condition. If they're not conditional, so you get in trouble if the, uh, if the, uh, with the second part, if it doesn't work out the way you wanted it. So, and really, that's what happens when the daughter there. The guy says, thank you for the money. And then he says, you want me to marry your daughter? I'll think about it. You know, but, uh, that's a different... Uh, uh, so, okay, let's move on. Uh, was there, uh, so there was only a question of who the author was. So Maramer taught this and said it Mishmei de Nafshe in his own name. And he didn't learn this as a question and answer. Uh, Ravina said to Maramer, You learned it like that, we learned it like this. Same teaching, it was just a question. Was this a question and an answer, or was this, a, uh, uh, was, was this said by Maramer? Okay. Now we'll get a little technical about the argument in the Mishnah about what kind of korbanos can be brought on Yantuf. Can you bring um, an Ola on Yantuf? And the issue is, uh, well, not obviously those that you're obligated, that the community brings, you would bring. But the question is, what about a vol- like a donation? A person wants to bring a burnt offering. So it's not, uh, you're allowed to, to chef an animal for food and cook an animal for food, but this is for Hashem's table, so to speak. It's for an ola. So can you bring it or not on Yantuf? So now we had a maklokas beishama in Beis Hill. Well, now we're getting into the technical aspect of it. It says you bring the Ola and you do it according to spec. Uh, it, it means that you bring the obligatory one like you do the voluntary one. So it's coming to tell you that the obligatory one, you also need to put your hands on it. So uh, now, who is this? This must be this teaching about requiring that you learn out the the uh, the obligatory one from the voluntary one that must be beishamah. He doesn't usually learn out one from the other. He beishilo, but like beishilo, kiven the gamishamechovah He learns out um, the obligatory ones from the donations. You don't need a pasuk. You would learn them out uh, naturally from each other. And umay the beishilo How do you know that's how beishilo learned? Maybe they learn out the obligatories from the obligatories and the volunteers from the volunteers. <laughs> Where's the commonality? Does it have to do with the type of Corbin or does it have to do with whether it's an obligation or a donation? And you need a Pusik for the, uh, the, that you can bring an, an, uh, an Ola for a Chova. So, why would it be different than the, um, the donations that we don't have a special Pusik? because that's very common. There were a lot of Shalmei uh, Nedava. People were very happy to bring Shlamim, because basically Shlamim, there's no loss. You, you get to use the whole animal. You bring an Ola, it's just poof, it goes up in smoke. Like, you know, so, uh, but that's fully burnt. So, they'll learn from the combination of both. Okay, uh, so it came out that the korbanos are learned from each other. It's complicated. That's really what comes out. When you learn, do you learn the, the the voluntary from the obligatory? Do you learn the ola from the shlamim? You know that's so. That was uh, that was complicated. Now, besavri beishamai shamei Does he hold? You don't need to put your hands on it. Hatanya, that's really an essential part of the offering. The putting the hands. Um, 
the Mephorshim explained that, that when you person brings an animal, some people learn that the animal is really supposed to be replacing you. In other words, like when you put your hands in a certain way, it's like you're putting your sins on the animal, meaning that you're giving over, you know, your animal nature, you're giving it over to that animal and you're offering it. Really, I don't deserve to live or whatever. Like in, in a certain way, when you put your hands on it, you're transferring something of yourself to the animal. That's, well, that's the way some people learn the smicha. So, uh, but the question is, uh, when is that required? So, the Sabra Beishamai Chovod, does Beishamai say you don't need smicha v'atanya? We've got to get to the argument. We had an argument whether you do smicha or not. Is it that you're not required or is it you're not allowed? So, lo nekel beishamai beishelo smicha atmashitzarach. They don't argue that you need smicha. That's an intrinsic part of the korban. Alman, where do they argue? I'll take of the smicha shkita. So you got to do it at the time when you shecht. Or can it be done early? Can you, like, say goodbye to your animal now and then uh, send it? <laughs> you know, they had people that would send the offering from, like, a, you, you're not actually in the base of Migdash. He sends it from far off. So can you do the smicha days earlier and then send it? Or no, it's like you do the smicha and then it's shechted in front of you. How, how does it work? Yeah, you don't have to do it right next to each other. Basically, said you do. So, and if you do, you could do it on Yotif. So the answer, who don't rekihai tanya, tanya. Omer, have Yosef, you don't let a Beishama, Beishel, I'll take this. They don't agree, they agree that normally you do need it right next to each other. So then what's the argument? Al smicha atzmo. On the smicha itself, Shabbat said, if you needed it, then you should do it. But he says, you know, it's not necessary. Beishel says you do need it. So um, it really came out that there's two issues. One is, does it need smicha? And then, if it needs smicha, is it essential that it be done right away, even on Yom? Okay. Then, Rabban, and now we get into this story. It gets uh, so um, really, there was a big war going on. And war isn't—I uh, wouldn't use the word, but the Gemara uses the word. It's called the War of Torah. There was a war of Torah between Shammai and Hillel. Very interesting. Uh, different opinions on many different issues, and they had hundreds of students. Um, you have that in Israel today, even in some. Uh, they even have some yeshivas where there's. Some uh, one like one one part of the yeshiva studies this way, and another part studies that way. And every now and then, they don't see eye to eye on things, or they. Panovich, uh, um, oh, yeah, that's right. So Tanrava, my sebehil azakin. But my rebbe Gifter, you said that he remembers once that the custodian in the yeshiva thought there was a fight going on because the students were screaming at each other, and he went to break it up, and they were just learning. But they, they, but they, when, when you feel you're correct and you're trying to get the other person to understand you, so he was saying, no, that's not shot. This is the shot, you know, and, and it looked like he was going to hit the guy. And so, like our board meeting, that Jacob board meetings 30 years ago. Oh, really? They were. <laughs> till one o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. And it was passionate arguing with this person over what we needed to do this. Wow, wow, okay. Right. Looking back on it. But that you, you know, it was a nightmare. right, right. But nobody was upset. Really, you liked it. But in the argument, you were in the heat of the argument. That's right. So this was the story. Now this was with Hillel himself. Hillel He brought his Ola to the Azara, and he planned on doing smicha like his opinion. But uh, the, the, apparently, he picked the wrong uh, group to cover Allah Tamid Beishamai. The, at that particular place, there were students of Beishamai there who held that you're not touching that animal in here, that's muksa. you don't do that. So, Omer Lo, 
So they said, uh, they said to Hillel, where are you going with that animal? Uh, so, uh, uh, so, what kind of animal are you doing? They thought, um, we don't bring a, uh, a male, uh, we don't bring a shlami. You can't bring a voluntary shlami on Yontif, according to Beishamai. So, Beis Hillel uh, was consistent. He wanted to avoid a fight. That was his, in general, he didn't, especially in the Beis Amigdash, so he faked him out. And there is a concept that you're allowed to fake people out to avoid a fight. It's very, in other words, you don't be truthful is a, is a good thing, but not when it leads to people fighting. Uh, when the, um, uh, the, uh, when uh, Avram Avinu said that Sarah was too old to have a kid, and, and she said, you know, uh, who, who told, you know, he said, no, the, the, you have to know how to, sometimes you're, you don't have to say the absolute truth if it's going to create ill will. So, Amr Laham Nekevihi. So he said, oh, uh, this is a female animal. This is not an ola. This is a female. And, it, and it's, a, uh, it's a shlamim. It's a, um, uh, that's what it was. And Meshachim is not, he says, here, you want me to show you? And he like put his hand towards the tail as if the, underneath the tail was the female parts. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, that's not necessary. Right. And so he faked him out. It really yeah, was a male. Right. Right. So um, they left. You know, that's how you actually tell when, when one is born, you, you can't get up close because of the mama cow. Right. But, um, but that's what you actually look for in the back end. If you see two holes, then it's a girl. Uh-huh. Because you can't tell that there's a, a, a male piece under, in the belly. Uh-huh. You can't see that when it's a baby like that. I so see. Uh-huh. Really, it's true how they did that. So, uh, but also, Hayom, it happened to be that the students of Beis Shammai, more of them were present than the students of Beis Hillel that day. And when they realized that they had, for, for, for whatever reason, it was almost always back and forth that they were pretty even for many, many years, the number of, of scholars. And that particular time and place, it seemed like there were more on Beishamai's side. So they said, let's take a vote. And if the Sanhedrin would take a vote, that would become the halacha. And so it's very interesting. There was one elder, he was on the other side, uh, and his name was Bava Ben Buta, famous rabbi. And he knew that the halacha was like them, not like him. So he stopped the proceedings. What he did was, he went, he turned the page, he, he went to one of the cattle dealers, and he brought up all the animals, and he put them in the Azara. And he says, free korbanos today. Call me shirotzalismach, and uh, anybody who wants to do smicha like Beis Hillel, yavaviyismach. And what happened was that when you offer free korbanos, people, uh, people will take free offerings, there's no problem. And they all came and they did the smicha. And this was done very publicly. And, and, and uh, the, uh, basically, there's another way to establish halacha that's precedent. And so, also, Ayom, Gavar Yadusha Beis Hillel, Vakava Alacha Mosan. They went to the court of the, the Beis Amigdush and they made that the Halacha. And uh, nobody could stop it because the Beis Shammai guy was the one who brought the offering. So um, uh, he knew that's, that, that's who the Halacha was. Shuv Maisa, another story. Um, Tosus has a question. Let's see the top. Yeah. Back to the Quran, so it's supposed to be a, a, a female? It was supposed to be, no, it was supposed to, well, yeah. according to Beishamai, 
it could have only been a female, right? But according to Beis Hillel, he could have brought an a, an an ola that would have been a male. Okay, so, but he said it was a shlomer. Because he was faking them out. Because you can't bring an ola from a female. He was bringing an ola. He felt you could bring an ola on Yantuf, even though you don't eat the meat, right? That was Beis Hillel's opinion. But they held you can you can't bring an ola on Yantuf. Uh, only you could only bring a shlamim. The only problem was if it was an ola, it, it would have to um, it would have been a male, and if it was a shlamim, it would have been a female. So he said it was a shlamim and pretended it was a female, but really it was a male. But uh, they didn't look that close. Um, we could do the uh, yeah Rashi on the previous page. Let's look at that quickly. It's it's worth it for one line in Rashi. Nekevehi, two lines at the bottom. Why? Why did he say it's a female? She ain't ola nekeva. Don't worry, I'm not bringing ola. I'll prove it. It's female, right? Uh, and I brought it to Shlomim. Now, why did Beis Hillel not tell the truth? He was so humble that he changed what he, he didn't tell the truth in order not to make a war. He didn't want to say, I'm doing this. This is my opinion. Shikshu Lambaznano, he he liked moved the tail, Kadela Tosan, the fool him out, a fake aru. Shari Savashinakeva, they thought it was a female. Okay. Anyway, that was the that was the deal then. Now we get to story number two. Um Shu Maisab Talmud Akamatama Basilo. Another story that there was the Talmud of Basilo Shahabio Lasalazar Lismakolam. This was the Talmud, by the way. Before we were talking about Shammai and Hillel. These are the students of Shammai and Hillel. The student Matzit, uh, was going to get ready to do the smicha, uh, and he brought an ola. So again, this was according to Beishamai, you're not even allowed to bring an ola. So Matzit Talmud Echmet Beishamai. So uh, one of the students of Beishamai came and he said, "Mazu smicha, what are you up to? What are you doing over here?" Um, uh, the uh, Let's see, Rashi, Mazu Smicha, Sha'ata Rota Lismachalavra Divir Beishamai? What kind of you want to go put your hands on that animal and, and argue with the great Shamai? Don't you know we argue with you and you have to accept our opinion? <laughs> that's, the, that's what he said. So, Omar um, Lo, so the student of Beish Hillel said back, Mazu Shtika. He said, You would be much better if you would keep your mouth quiet. So Shaskub and Azivola. Now apparently that was a big insult to say be quiet, but it worked. And so uh, uh, this Talmud Bei Shammai, um, there's Simcha. Okay, sounds like there's a Simcha. There's a, we can always use a Simcha. Okay, so but the student of Beis Hillel, uh, all he said back was he said you should you, you're better off not saying anything. Om Rabbi Hilka Kaisum Rabban the Om Rechaber Milsa. If somebody oh, says to you, right? um, live next to uh, um, oh, Gopin. Gopin. Oh, yeah. right. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he said that uh, a rabbi, uh, a scholar, that somebody tells you something that you disagree with, don't escalate the argument. Answer him. He said, What are you doing, Smika? He said, uh, you ask me smika, I tell you shika. Sha. <laughs> uh, but uh, but he didn't he didn't escalate it. He didn't get personal. 
and apparently, like I said, it worked. Um, uh, telling him like uh, uh, telling him to be quiet. There's there is a Rashi three lines from the Tamla. You know, you shouldn't have said anything, and you didn't. <laughs> you did say something. You would have been. He said, "Why are you doing?" It? You know. So um, he apparently the uh, he, but he didn't escalate. Okay, back to the mark. Tanya, Omar Laham, Beis Hillel, Beis Beis Hillel said, to, it's interesting, this is the third expression we have. The first one was between, Be, the first one was the uh, Beis Hillel himself. Sham Zachin Ech, well, the first one was... Beis Hillel himself, and then a Zachin from Shammai. Right. The second one was Talmide, right? The Ola, you can't bring an Ola. That's, that's the carbon of the right? Um, it's a it's a, a a voluntary Ola, on the Ola. It's something that was donated that could be brought afterwards. Okay. No, but was it, isn't something called an Ola Sreiya? Right. Right. We'll see. It could be Cholamoid. Could be they brought Cholamoid. Let's see. The Gemara is going to get into it a little and, bit and now. The Korban, and the Re'iyah, the Oilas Re'iyah. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the Re'iyah. So, um, but it could be it's Cholamoid. It could be it's... Uh, um, but uh, I, I was just pointing out that but first it was it was actually Hillel. Then it's Talmide Echad. These were the Talmidim. And now we have Bez Hillel. Uh, it's, I don't know if that's if that's the house of Hillel. I don't know if that's a different... But I'm going to Bez Hillel Libe Shammai. It's just interesting. Like each story has like a different name to it. It's like the team, Team Hillel, right? I don't know, Beis Hillel, Beis Shami. Okay, So this is getting to the argument of how could it be that you can't bring certain korbanos on Yantuf? So the Beis Hillel said to Beis Shami, There are cases where an individual can't check, for example, on Shabbos. You can't shecht at all on Shabbos, but you could bring korbanos to Hashem on Shabbos. Now, on Yantuf, where you're permitted to eat, so shouldn't God be permitted to eat? Shouldn't his table be allowed to... Uh, well, what about the voluntary stuff? Those are, are fine uh, for a private person, but you don't bring those on, on Yantuf. That's because they don't have a set time. They don't have to be brought on Yantuf. Whereas the Olus Ria, that has to be brought on Yantuf. So why should, uh, that's, that's brought on the Chag. No, it doesn't have to be brought in the Chag. It's not. You got all the Cholamoid. Uh, that's still a set time. That's not over a regal low hug. If you, you pass the holiday, you don't bring it. It's only for you that you can bring uh, shecht meat, not for the Almighty. As long as it's for Hashem. Uh, so, Im uh, came. What is uh, what is Beishama um, going to do with Lechem? My time with Lechem. Lechem below Lekusim. He's got to learn, um, you can only bring karbonas for you. We can't bring karbonas from non-Jews, which usually you could bring. Or lechem below lechlovim. Or for you and not for the dogs. Um, 
What's that Rashi not for the dogs? Um, should be a Rashi on that a little higher up. Right, but when, but when with oh, I, I'm that you can't shecht on yantav for your dogs. In other words, if you forgot to sh- make dog food before yantav, and you want to take an old cow, you know, and shecht it for the dogs, you can't do that. Um, Right, that's right. So uh, you're not allowed to. So even though you're allowed to shech for your meal, you can't shech for Fido. You have to do that ahead of time or whatever. That's the. Um, so this was the uh, the but the basic argument, which again we have a lot of interesting points over here uh, between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, um, uh, whether or not you're allowed to bring these korbanos on on Yantif. Okay, Abisholom, Belashenacheres. He said. Right. So, so what, what, is this considered uh, a Raisin issue during the Korban as opposed to a Dirabana matter? Yeah, because a Shkita would be like uh, violating the Yantaf. In other words, when the, on Yantaf that you're allowed to do it, is that permission for Korbanos? Um, you're, allowed, you're allowed to have food, prepare your food on Yantaf, mm-hmm. so these Korbanos would by the Kohanim, by the people as well. So, especially to, you know, right, but the Ola was burnt. That gets to the heart of the argument. If you, if you can eat, certainly your master can eat, right? If, if it's okay for you to eat, that's what Beis Hillel argues. So what's Beis Shammai's argument back? Uh, you can wait. Uh, it's not needed. It's, uh, you serve your master by following his halacha rather than by burning him a korban that he doesn't, doesn't require. You know, it's, uh, it, we didn't really have enough of the argument back and forth. But, uh, but that's the basic argument. Abishol Amr, he says this argument, but he said it a little bit different. My b'makam shekartichastuma. In the case where your basket is empty, kiras rabak psucha, the the basket of your master is open. B'makam shekiraska psucha. When your basket is open, enu din shekiras rabak psucha. Shouldn't your kira kira is like a zars? What's the word? Your oven, uh huh. Okay, I got confused because of this Rashi. There was a Rashi Kira. Yeshua base kibble. There's room for two pots. I see. Um, it can be open or closed. So, uh, in other words, your 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 uh, your oven is ready for cooking. If if your oven is full, my When your oven is closed, your master's oven's open. The base of Mikdash is open. But now, in a place where your oven is open, certainly your master's oven should be open. Okay. That's it's similar to the previous argument, just the words are a little different. And it doesn't make sense that your table should be full. You've got all kinds of meat there, and the table of your master should be empty. What's the argument? My commitment. He says you could bring a Marsava and Craven Miyantov. Um um, if you say you can't bring them, lo tema, don't say, don't say, really, minatoru, you could, and it's only rabbinic, shema yisha, that maybe you won't bring them right away, you'll delay and bring them later, and that's why we don't let you bring them later, it must be, as we were saying earlier, that really he holds a minatoru, you're not allowed to bring them. And the proof is, the proof is, 
the shtei lechem you're obligated to bring on shvuas, but you don't bake it on it. You got to bake it before. But lechel amigzer shemi, it's not possible to say you might delay it because you can't bring it earlier. And still, the einu docha loas the shabbos loas It's got to be baked before. So you see that uh, you're not necessarily allowed to do all kinds of work on shabbos or yantiv if that's the way the Torah speaks it out. One final question. You don't like that proof. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, I have to think about that question. Uh, but that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, but we are making that comparison. You're saying that it's it's not a good, it's not a it's not a perfect comparison, okay? Because uh, um, let's do the Rashi. Let's see if this helps. That It absolutely has to be brought on Shavuos. Uh, you can't bring it earlier. It's not can't be brought before Shavuos. The you might have said, well, uh, we said by the, the voluntary offerings that maybe you bring it now. And you said, well, you know, I'm going up to Yushalayim next month for Yantav, I'll bring it then. No, that's your delay. The rabbis say, since you're allowed to bake it Erev Yantav, you're not allowed to bake it on Shabbos. On Shabbos. It's different than the offering that you bring on a holiday, Shizman Shkita Kavua Varegel. There it has to be shechted on the Yantav. You have no option to shecht early for the Chagiga. So, um, okay. Uh, so let's see the Gemara, uh, the two dots in the bottom. Okay, let's go with the view that you're not supposed to bring them. What happens if you, if you went ahead and you brought it anyways? You didn't know. Over the Mai. What if you did it? You you brought. I mean, you had hundreds, thousands of people bringing animals to the base of Migdush, and you didn't you didn't have a chance to test everybody if they were allowed to bring it or not. And uh, somebody says, oh, you mean I wasn't supposed to bring this? <laughs> I, can't, I can't put the head back on. What do I do? <laughs> so, Rav Omar, Zorach Asadam, you could go ahead and sprinkle the blood. And once it was brought, once you did the, did the damage, so to speak, it's allowed. Uh, and that'll permit the, the, the meat to be eaten. Rav Zorach Or you can sprinkle the blood in order to uh, offer the innards in, in the evening. My benayo, what would the difference between these two ways of saying it be? Nitma basar oshavad, if the meat were impure or lost, the rava lozar, the purpose of sprinkling was to permit the meat. You could, even if it's not for the meat, if it's for the bringing of the innards. Let's see. Rashi. Okay. So, yeah, so what happened here was, again, he went ahead and did it. Um, yeah, let's let's do some Rashi's here. It's about a third of the way from the bottom. Can you sprinkle the blood? The question here is, if there's a... You went ahead and shafted it. Fine. But is there a reason to allow the zrika? Is there a purpose in it? So if the meat's still here, 
uh, since you, uh, if you have a, if the sprinkling will allow you to do something with the rest of it, then you can sprinkle. That's basically what we're saying. So you, the sprinkling will either allow you to eat the meat, or the sprinkling will allow you uh, to uh, to burn the innards. Meisve, what is the question? Are you sure about this? What happens if you did it um, either for the wrong carbon, or you did it too soon, or you did it too late? You can still sprinkle the blood and eat it. But if it's Shabbos and you weren't supposed to, then you don't get that option. Uh, so that's, diff- that's different than what we just said. We just said if you did it by mistake, it's almost like okay. we put it through. And here we see we don't put it through. Well, you'll have to wait till Yantuf to find out. Okay. Haksamek, <laughs> everybody. Hope we have a dry sukkah, or at least enough to eat the kazayas, oh, Ritzashem. Oh, oh. And, uh, and, uh, How are we for